Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Alex Truzzi. And today we are going to nowhere, I guess? Maybe a Scandinavian country? <laughs> I don't to... know. A tattoo parlor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure exactly where we'd be going, but something somewhere very colorful and well-designed. Uh, in the ancient game with a new skin and a new take on it called Skull. Uh, this game came out in 2001 in its current form, but has a m- ancient history within the Viking community. Apparently it was really hot with the Vikings. Uh, you might have known this game as Skull and Roses, um, Skull and Roses Red, and that's pretty much I was looking at one alternative name for it is Gringo. That's really funny. I don't know why it's so off the beaten path there. This game's called Skull or Gringo, whichever one you want to choose. Um, but yes, this is uh, the game Skull. Um, I have never played any of the previous iterations of this. I first came aware of it uh, when it came out recently as a updated uh, board game. So, um, uh, But anyway, apparently other people have played it with cards or other things before me. <laughs> have you played this uh, version of this game before... Skull, the version we're about to review, came out? Never, no. Yeah, I was totally unaware of this me- or these mechanisms and this structure. So, uh, But anyway, okay, back to the, back to the, the important information. Uh, this game plays three to six players. Uh, it plays pretty quickly. It, it says about 15 to 45 minutes. I'd say you're closer to the 15 side, maybe 15 to 25, even with a big group. Um, but I've never played with six, so I guess I don't know. It's uh, very accessible. It rated as age 10. I think eight-year-olds right, would be right around the perfect age for this as well. Uh, they can get at least the base strategy. And uh, it's very light. This is a very accessible game rated at 1.14 on BBG or BGG and BBG. Uh, the, the modern iteration of this game was designed by Hervé Marley. And uh, the artists, though, really take the cake with this. This is a beautifully designed game um, for the art style. And that is Rose Kippick and Thomas Vorchet. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, probably not. Uh, published by, let's see, what is the main publisher? Asmodee has the rights. Uh, Louis Mem, I think, is the French one. I'm not sure what my version is. Do you know what yours is? Do you have this game? I do not own this game, so I have no clue. This is a a rare one that I'm the only one who has it. Uh, I don't have my copy with me, but I believe it's the Louis Mem uh, publisher. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, yes, like I said, this game is beautifully designed. It is really great. It just, you know, for... uh, a lot of these old games, they'll come out, and there's not much to set them apart from just getting, like, maybe one Parker Brothers released in the 80s, uh, except for art style. And so this one really seizes that opportunity to just to, just for whatever reason, just choose a theme for each of these sets of cards and apply a, uh, an art style to it and do it beautifully. So this game is very, very striking. But that is uh, secondary to the actual gameplay of the game. So let's do that real quick, talk about how we play, and then we'll talk more in detail about the game itself. All right. Uh, pretty simple. Uh, in the game is basically essentially coasters. Uh, it's, it, the, you can call them <laughs> cards if you wish, but they're basically coasters. Uh, each player will get a square coaster uh, that serves as the place that you're going to play things and also keeping track of your score. Uh, and then everyone also gets... Uh, Four circular coasters, uh, which count as the cards, I guess. Uh, 
Each of them have a unique design for the player uh, on the back side of them. They're all the same, but on the other side of them, there's either a rose or a skull, and everyone has three roses and one skull. Uh, everyone takes those. They place their uh, square coaster down such that it is showing that the person has no points, uh, which I guess is the one that just has all the same color. Uh, the version that we played, I, it was hard to tell what was what. There's no number on it that says it. You just kind of just socially agree. Okay, this side is the one with no points. Uh, right. Then starting with, I don't know if, if there is a any particular starting player. You just start with whoever wants to start. Uh they're going to take one of their coasters secretly and place it face down on their little square coaster. Uh, and everyone is going to do that in turn order. Then it comes back to the first person. And on their turn, they have a choice between two things. They can either take another one of their coasters and play it on top of that last coaster they played. Or they can decide, you know what, I'm going to make a, a de declaration here. Uh, and your declaration will always be naming a certain number of roses. So you'd say, I can flip over three roses or five roses. You don't you don't care about skulls. Skulls are bad things. You don't want to flip those over. So you're always making a de declaration of saying something along the lines of, I can flip over yay many roses. Uh, as soon as someone makes a declaration, it's going to go around. If, if the person doesn't make a declaration, then it keeps going and people can either choose to place one face down or make a declaration and keeps going until someone does make a declaration uh, and someone will eventually make a declaration even if everyone plays all of them uh, uh, when the declaration is made i think the rule book states two different ways you can play it or at the very least you can kind of house rule it whatever you want but usually you'll play it where you go in order going the next person line would you like to challenge that would you like to say no i would you like to up the ante or as uh, i think i was describing this to a friend they're like it kind of sounds a lot like name that tune it is a little bit like name that tune where you're saying well i could you think you can turn over three well i can turn over four roses uh and anyone mm. can always raise the bet at any point in time uh if no one is willing to raise the bet essentially it comes down to that person who who kind of finalize it whoever said the highest number it's up to them to now turn over however many they said they turn over so if they said they're going to turn over five roses they have to turn over five roses and if they fail they're gonna they're gonna lose some of their coasters uh so basically they're gonna flip over coasters now the 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 way you flip over coasters is you first start by flipping over all of your coasters or at the very least as many coasters as you need to from your stack to count it for so for example if you said you only need to flip over two and you've played three uh then you only need to flip over the top two but if you said any anything equal to or more than how many you've placed down you're going to need to flip over all of your coasters uh, if if that's safe if you flipped over all roses there then you can choose from any of your opponents to flip over cards in any stack you want to in any order so you could take all of them from some other player you could take one from a little bit of each uh, depending on how many cards you need to flip over if at any point in time either from your stack or from an opponent's stack you flip over a skull you zonked, you did not succeed, uh, which means you get to take all of your uh, remaining coasters, not including the square one, any of your remaining circular coasters, they get shuffled up, 
uh, and someone will remove one of them. Although if if you hit your own skull, uh, which can happen if you're doing some sort of weird bluffing scheme, uh, then you actually get to choose of your remaining coasters which one you get rid of. At no point in time does anyone else get to learn what got rid of, so if you happen to lose a rose, no one knows that, and if you happen to lose a skull, no one also knows that, but you also better not let anyone know that at any point in time, or else you're going to not do so well in the game. Uh, if you were able to flip over all the roses that, that you stated you would, you've just earned yourself a point. You get to flip over your coaster. It's a slightly different design. Uh, so you know, ah, now I have one point. Uh, this this game will continue on. The, the round will continue. Uh, the, in the next round, whoever either failed their bid or successfully did their bid will start the next round. Uh, again, everyone puts out one coaster, and as soon as that happens, then, then the real game starts. If at any point in time one player gets two points, they have won the entire game. It's really simple. Luckily, you didn't need a three-sided coaster to get to three points. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. That's the entire yeah. game. A lot, a lot of it exists within the bluffing realm here. So the, the way you play is dependent on how good you are at bluffing, or how good you are at reading when you should throw that skull into that that mix. Yeah, it is. It is a fascinating structure. These patterns will emerge in your gameplay of play. Because at first, it's like, oh, well, clearly, if I'm first, I'm going to say I can do this many. Like I know probably I could do. Two, you know, um, in a four-player game, and then someone ha- someone has to be pretty sure if they can do three, um, and so you start get. There's a lot of like early win or early uh, point wins, and then and the longer you play, suddenly you get into the deeper rounds, and then <laughs> and then it's interesting how this game it kind of this game feeling changes. Where if you get past the first round. It's so fascinating where it can where it can go. Like there's sometimes you're like, all right, I'm positive that they wouldn't lay their second one a skull because I think that they might want to be uh, flipping this time. But if they don't, they've kind of locked themselves out. And anyway, I I really love this game. This is a great example of a game with a very simple mechanisms that that let the vibe of how each person is going to interpret it be be the game. It's basically just a bluffing game of four rounds. <laughs> Is it just sort of daring each other to be the first to break, and, um, uh, and or trying to wait until you can be you can be the first to break successfully? So it is it is a real great game of really basic decisions that lead up to more depth than I would think it seems at first blush. Uh, how did you like Skull? I when I first heard of it, and I've I had heard about this game. Oh gosh, a, a while ago. I think right right around when it kind of came out in 2011. I I heard good things about it. Uh, I kind of saw how it played, and I I initially didn't have a very good feel about it. I'm just like, God, it just it seems too simple. I don't like this is a game where you, you really don't understand the intricacies of it until you actually play it because the, the bluffing is where it's at, and I'm never big on like poker and things like that so I, I really didn't care for bluffing games this is it's really simple to play it it kind of flows well as soon as we started playing it then i'm just like oh okay and you get to those moments where you're like gosh i really should have done that or oh man i if i would have only played it in this order or like there are so many times where it would come to me and it was my turn to like up the ante and i'm like Gosh, I'm sitting here and I'm taking too long to make this. I mean, I feel like everyone knows I just have two 
two roses here. I wish I would have played a skull on the last one and that I could wait this long to have a response so everyone thinks my top one is uh, a rose when it's not. But I don't. I have all roses, and so now everyone knows. And, oh, God, I should really be saying something now. Why am I wasting so much time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, that is, I've had those exact moments in this game where you're suddenly realizing how people are, like, sort of watching you. Because you know what I do love about this game, I would say, overall? And I, I feel a similar way about, like, poker. Poker is just such a grind. I don't, I don't find it fun at all. Um, I get why people do. I don't fault anyone for liking that game specifically. I just personally don't like that bluffing grind of that game. It just makes it not fun for me. And even other games where bluffing is a big part of it, it can feel like like social deduction games, for instance, like uh, One Night Werewolf. I'm careful who I intro games like that to because some people just really struggle when the spotlight is on them. And yeah. it's just not their thing or they're not comfortable or they just don't don't like it like games like that as a core mechanism the way they do bluff or skull uh, bluffing works in skull is there are there are there's a lot of it is bluffing but for whatever reason it just feels like it's less stressful like it's more fun than stressful because you're it's you have like one decision or another to make it's just like a binary decision in a lot of moments in this game and then you have these really funny moments like you just described where you're like thinking, all right, all right, what's the best way to trick people? Uh, okay, I'm going to do this. But wait, if I do that, then blah, blah, blah. and then you realize how long you've been thinking about it. And we're like, wait, what do they think now that I think <laughs> that they think are about how long I've been taking? What does that mean to them? And what do I think? Anyway, there's these just silly moments. Just say where you realize, a number. Just say yeah. a number. Any number. Just say it. Seven. Oh, God, I shouldn't have said seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Just weird, like weird moments of just silliness within the bluffing structure, and then, um, and, and and then trying to figure and realizing that everyone's just kind of having these same thoughts too. So it's I don't know. I just found this bluffing, uh, the feel of the bluffing in this way more accessible than uh, pretty much any other bluffing game that I, I I've played. Um, but how how did Liz like it? What were her thoughts? Did she? Have- uh- Liz definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I I think there was uh, she felt uh, intrigued by it. She she had heard about it from a friend of hers because they they had gone over to another person's house and they'd played a bunch of games. And she came back and she's like, "Oh, Skull! It's such this! It's this amazing! It's so good! Do you have Skull? Why don't you have Skull? You should have Skull." <laughs> uh, she would not let it go, and so we heard a lot about it, but she never actually talked about how the game worked i knew how it worked but liz had no clue she's just like all right yeah apparently she really likes skull well uh, i'm sure i'll run into that (laughs) in mid game she's like i see i see why she likes this game and so it was just like all right she was just like i'm locked in this is this is good i understand it there aren't like tons of rules it's very simple just play one of your things you don't have to super pay attention to what you're playing. You just need to know when you've placed your skull. And it's it's not something where it's just like, oh, God, I've made a huge mistake. At no point in time do you make a huge mistake. It's always at that moment, what do you want to do? Do you want to raise? You don't have to. Maybe they've, maybe they've screwed up and the onus is on them. And so you can just kind of leave it at that. And you can kind of hope that, okay, hopefully they screw up enough. Or you're just... <laughs> Maybe you're not even so much worried about that. You're just trying to zonk everyone else so that you have a better shot in the future, which she was very good at. So yeah. many times she would always put her skull as like the second one. And you're like, there's no way she did it again this time. And she did. She did it again. And it's just, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like Liz was pretty, uh, pretty good at the strategy for sure. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think this is great. I mean, it's it's sort of funny with these older games. I feel like there's a obviously a movement lately to a degree, or at least an easy publishing. <laughs> thing where you there's no one to license this game from you just have to kind of make sure the rules make sense maybe add a tweak or two here and there and then this uh, ancient scandinavian game is uh back on the shelves i'm actually surprised it this hasn't been done before with skull and i feel like it must have just maybe under a different name but um because it's such a familiar structure the you know to- betting and then topping the bet of someone else or the challenge of someone yeah. else and then it, the basic it, basic bluffing it reminded me a little bit of the game uh, Liar's Dice, which I know is mm. tends to be pretty popular. It plays very similar, except for I think Liar's Dice has, just has a few more intricacies involved in it since it's not just a single card and you don't really have control over what is what secret information you know. Uh, Liar's Dice basically is each player has a certain amount of dice inside of a cup. You know what dice you've rolled and then someone makes a claim. Someone starts it by a claim going, oh, I can, there are, and they're basically saying what's available in the field. They're like, oh, there's, you know, five sixes or something like that. And the next person can always raise and they can either raise how many dice there are or what the value of the dice are. And so it's a lot more few more things to keep track of and it's always comes down to between the two people the last person who made the the declaration and the next person who then says i challenge you because it's not oh anyone can raise it's always the next person and then it's someone will lose a die instead of a coaster someone will lose a die and whoever has is the only person left with any dice at the end of the game wins the game so it's a little bit longer of a game and a little bit more intricate um yeah so if you're if it's, it's a, definitely this skull is a much more simplified version, and I kind of like it. I've always looked into. I think there was a uh, Pirates of the Caribbean DVD thing where they had liars dice on it. And I'm just like, this is just too. This is too complicated and too annoying on a DVD to actually play. Why am I bothering with this? Uh, so <laughs> skull way nicer. I think it would have been better had they done skull, although less thematic for pirates. So right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that clearly feels like borrowed from this. And they're like, well, we can't just make a straight copy of this game. And Le, Le Mem was like, yes, we can. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm glad they did. This is uh, this is really great. And um, yeah, I, Skull, Skull is good. Skull is a great game. It's nice that it plays up to six. I think it does grow in strength the more players are added. I thought four was really fun. But I definitely could see five and six um, just being much more of a good thing, you know. And so uh, we played it with three, and it was okay, but I feel like it was a little more, I don't know, I, I maybe a little more predictable. Like, it didn't feel like I, I did not have fun playing the game, but I, I, you know, it was just more, yeah, it was just more predictable, I guess is the way to way to say it. Um yeah. But, there, there's uh, fewer different outcomes that can occur with three people than there right. would be with four people. With four people, it's like, well, you know, I could probably draw off of their pile or their pile. Maybe I could draw off of their – they've got three in their pile. What do I want to do? I don't know. They're the one who made the – whereas with three people, you're – it's like, well, they made the claim. It could have been the other person, and it's not that high of a number to go with. And, uh, gosh, there's really, like – five different ways this could turn out so do i want to write whereas with four or more it's just like gosh there's a lot of coasters i can flip over here i don't know which way i'm gonna go who am i gonna flip should i raise maybe i can raise i think there's enough coasters out here that i could probably raise so right i I can definitely see that yeah 
Um, but it also is a – I definitely don't think it's um, bad with three. And the upside of that is it, it's such a quick game you can and kind of silly that you can – it'd be great for, like, situations at restaurants between meals or a quick just warm-up or maybe an introductory thing with people. I don't know how you want, can use games, but it's a very social game, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it's um, – it uh, anyway, it, it's a game you can get over quickly in three with three, <laughs> if you want to just get a quick thing in. Uh, speaking of taking it out, though, let's talk about that. How it is to take this game out, and uh, Skull is pretty great with high marks of this. It's hard to find any reason how this wouldn't fit on a table. Um, the only downside is, be- and Alex has sort of mentioned this subconsciously, I think, unless you were calling them that before, <laughs> is the danger of accidentally using these as coasters is very yep. high. <laughs> so, <laughs> and if you were someone passing by, seeing your friends at a table, you're like, oh, I'm set my drink down. Oh, better use a coaster. People are like, no, 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 no. <laughs> What are you uh, doing, you fool? <laughs> you fool! Uh, these look exactly like coasters, and were probably just uh, artwork on top of some coaster manufacturer's uh, blanks. <laughs> so it is. Uh, that's the only danger. So keep that in mind as you take this beautiful game to the bar or restaurant. But other than that, it is great. So on the table for Skull, you're going to just have your player area. And that is pretty much it. Everything sort of happens around there. So you're going to have your square coaster. I'm just going to call them coasters short form because I think that is the very most descriptive way to describe these pieces. Uh, your square coaster, which is, um, you know, it's pretty big. I'd say it's like four or five inches by four or five inches. And uh, then you're going to have a stack of your roses. And one of them is secretly going to be a skull. Uh, but it's basically four circular coasters as well. So those are going to be separate. But when you play a coaster into the game on your turn, you're going to play it face down on your square. So those are the only two things in front of you um, at any given time. Uh, the reason why you play it on your square, I guess you could play it by the side. When we played digitally, we, we did that just for clarity on the digital version. But um, I don't know. They, they want you to play it on your square. So whatever. <laughs> That's where it's going to go. Uh, the only other thing that happens in the game outside of uh, the discs being shuffled in and out of play is that your coaster, is, like Alex mentioned earlier in the rules, is flipped over to show that you've scored a point and then flipped back over to show, show that you've scored two and won, and won the game. So basically you're trying to get back to the original side of your coaster throughout the game. Uh, and that's it. So this definitely passes a pizza test. This passes pretty much any food test I can think of. Um, <laughs> uh, it's Does just it like, pass the Peking duck test? Is that, is that... <laughs> I think it might. I think it might. Even right. family style, like uh, everyone grabs from the middle <laughs> type of meals. I feel like you could play this game around that. So it, uh, yeah, it's like it's just so movable and mobile around the table you can really just set this up in any way it's almost it's also a game you could have a full plate of food and just play this to the side of your plate like it's just that easy to play this game the pieces are large enough to be recognizable across the table you don't really even need to recognize other people's pieces uh, because when they're called they have to declare and flip what uh what's there and it's very distinct to see a skull versus a rose even uh an artistically flourished rose that they do differently on each set um it's very clear. Basically, the symbology is very clear. So high marks all around. I think this might be the most uh, accessible takeout game or fully functional takeout game we've ever reviewed, to be honest. We've reviewed some really good ones, but this one might take it. I think it um, 
Yeah. Maybe yes, maybe Corto, but then again, that's only a two-player game. Right, right. Yeah, Corto. I feel like you just knock Corto over. It's hard to play that on a small table with pizza. I'm not even sure that that fits the pizza test, but it's close. I think it could. If you play the travel version, I think it could. Plus, you don't have no, to worry about true. people putting drinks on top of it. <laughs> Are you, wait, did you say Quirkle or Quarto? Quarto, not Quirkle. Goodness gracious. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, quirkle, I was like, oh, okay. Quarto, yeah, yeah. yes. Or if you have one of those tiered pizza tray things that they have at some restaurants, you could play underneath the pizza even. I mean, that's so many options. That's, so many options. That's the way I usually envision it. I feel like every time I've gone out for pizza, they always have some sort of elevating pizza thingy so I'm, I'm like thinking every time you say pizza test i'm always imagining playing underneath the pizza but <laughs> <laughs> well it's that's a challenge in and of itself right there <laughs> um oh let's see okay so the other good thing about taking this game out is like i said before it's very social it's got a lot of there's a lot of um potential for crosstalk as any bluffing game is you're going to be trying to suss out or unnerve or just at least trash talk to a little degree everyone else just to kind of get a sense of them or or just like the other thing is that it's kind of a silly game there's some silly moments that happen or some bluffs that go way one way or way the other way or accents like me personally i always accidentally play something at least once a game and i'm like oh crap well, that screwed up my entire strategy, basically. I hope no one challenges or something right now. Well, you um, literally played it, and you screwed up to the point where everyone had played every single one of their coasters. And all you had to do was <laughs> bid three. And you bid I'd, seven because you're like, well, I've lost anyway. I'll bid seven. I'm just like, okay. I thought right. you had the win there, but no. <laughs> Technically, someone else could have had um, – well, no, they would have. Yeah, right. Because no, they would have had to. Have everyone had yeah, played no. every one of their coasters. I never, I, I never gotten to that point where everyone was out of cards, and I just didn't, <laughs> didn't even think about it. I was just like, like, yeah, clearly that was the right answer, but I just didn't even think about it. Um, but yeah, I totally should have. But yeah, I, uh, I make a hilarious mistake almost every time we play this game. That was the most extreme one, but, <laughs> but there's just sort of silly miss cues sometimes that happen in this game. It kind of reminds me of like. Um, the crew in that, like me personally, well, again, I'll make mistakes in that game all the time, but I think that's a common feel with that game is where mistakes are made and it just adds, like, you can take it seriously or you're going to be like, oh, that's hilarious that you thought that would happen that way. (laughs) Definitely. And and so, uh, anyway, so there's some unintentional humor or maybe intentional, I don't know, here that makes this game and the vibe of this game really social and engaging to interact with. Um... Let's see. Who would like and who wouldn't like this game? I I don't know. I, I feel like pretty much any gamer would get into this. And I would I would even include the people that are resistant to bluffing as a main structure. I just feel yeah. that this is such a laid-back way to do it. Unless you have a deep-seated phobia about bluffing, yeah. you'll probably think, get a kick out of this game. Yeah, I think if, if you think of yourself as someone who doesn't like bluffing games, definitely at least give this one a try. Uh, I'm not a huge bluffing game, although I'll definitely play them. Uh, I really enjoy this. My wife is not a huge fan of bluffing games either, or at the very least, she's not a 
a fan of games where she needs to keep some piece of information secret, uh, mainly because she usually ends up being the person that has to keep the most secrets. Uh, right. If there's ever a traitor mechanic, she's just going to be the traitor. She just knows that. And <laughs> honestly, I think of the games that we've played with those, she has been the traitor like 90% of the time, which I feel really bad for because she really hates being the traitor. Uh, this one she totally got into. It's it's so quick. You're not You're not – trying to get anybody so she felt better about that and the bluffing i mean you can play this pretty straight if you need to you never need to technically bluff but if you want the the edge of possibly winning uh you're probably gonna have to just push it a little bit further it's not something where you have to go crazy but at the very least you know where the line is for yourself which helps a lot right yeah you're kind of just sort of mainly uh, trying to do your own strategy. I mean, you're trying to think of what other people are going to do, but it's mostly like, how can I get, cause there's only two points in this game <laughs> that you need yeah. to win. So it's like, how can I at least get a point here? Like, uh, it's, so you're always looking for those more opportunities for yourself. It's less a screw screwing you over. Like you said, um, feel for sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, honestly, that's, that kind of covers for and against there. It's, it's pretty applicable. I definitely feel this is a, a, a great version of this, really old old game they did such a beautiful job it feels good to engage with the discs feel you know they're like we said they're coaster material um so they're you know they're gonna last you long enough and honestly you could make your own version of this game to be honest (laughs) if you wanted to out of uh, just regular coasters uh, as long as you have as many uh, enough sets but um yeah so i think any gamer would get a kick out of this one i can't imagine anyone who would be totally turned off by this this one for sure uh, would your mom like it? Oh, man. I think she would. I feel like your mom I, – I could see maybe there's a couple things she doesn't like, but I feel like your mom would really think this game was fun and uh, get a kick out of it, especially because it can play six, and it's a straightforward structure, and like we just said, the bluffing is very accessible. What do you think? Am I on the right track there? Gosh, you know, I am having a tough time with this one myself. I – I – I want to say this is probably a maybe. It might be leaning towards maybe no. I I don't think I've ever tried to get her play to get her to play any sort of bluffing ish game like this. So I I don't know. I'm kind of out of my depth on this one. I can definitely right. see okay. her enjoying it. It could be one of those like way outside of the park where whoa I did not expect her to like this and she loves it. I think she would either love it. Or she would absolutely hate it. I don't think this is going to be a game where she's like, oh, I mean, it was all right. I think she's either going to love this game or hate this game. I'm not sure which one. Uh, so I'm going to have to put this at a maybe. Uh, but if I had if I had to lean one way, it would probably be closer to the no. Only because, I don't know. I think... I think she would just not like the whole idea of, wait, do, should I raise? Should I put that? Like, the stress of knowing which card, to, even though it's just a simple, do I put a rose down or do I put a skull down? I think she's <laughs> she probably not. She's just, I, I just don't like think she likes making those, like, even simple decisions like that. I think she likes it more of a, well, you know, either I'm going to score points or not. And technically in this way it is, but I think just... The fact that she has a choice of what one. If it was something where she shuffled her cards and she put it down, I think she might actually enjoy the game a little bit more. But, yeah, I'm still going to put it as a maybe. But if I had to lean one way, I would guess probably no. But I'm still going to put it as maybe. Maybe there's something intrinsic (laughs) about this game that she's just like, oh, this. 
this is what I'm about. <laughs> Skulls and roses. <laughs> this is everything I wanted in a game. Uh, well, I guess maybe mine is more colored by I would like to play this with your mom. Well, yeah. <laughs> she, if, if she was like up for it, this is a game your mom would be really fun to play with. <laughs> like, uh, it just has a lot of those ups and down moments that are that are great. And uh, uh, there is that strategy, I guess. I guess that might lead into two who might be resistant to, to this. There is just a little bit of that figuring out like what the strategy is for skull but it's so quick and fast and honestly if you're a gamer you're probably you're probably used to that with any game is figuring out you know what, what's the what am i supposed to be doing here like what is what's the game trying to get me to do um uh so a small learning curve but uh but anyway i would <laughs> i would <laughs> i feel like this would probably have the same like vibe as like farkle or any of those dice games uh at the table with your with your parents <laughs> yeah i can see that Okay, let's see. What else have we got to talk about uh, here with this game? I think, I think we hit it all. I think we hit it all. It just went real quick. It's a, it's a quick game, so it's a quick talk, I guess. A quick yeah, chit chat. Game, quick talk. There we go. Well, that's Skull, everybody. And uh, yeah, definitely check this one out. You can buy it. It's all over the game stores right now. Of course, you can get it online, but I, I'm sure your local game store has this. It's, uh, it's relatively cheap. And um, if nothing else, like this is one of the games where I just really love the art. Uh, they did such a great job with the art that like I like um, I'm thinking of ways to actually just display these <laughs> temporarily. <laughs> I've been starting to try to do things in our house with like taking uh, either a nice a box that I love the art design or a component that I like and have an area of that's just like a game art display area <laughs> and so anyway i think skull is going to go up for uh, it's going to have a showing for a period of time uh in this game art it's just a beautiful looking looking game yeah. um so anyway another reason to buy it if you just like art there you go <laughs> but uh yeah check skull out this is this is pretty good or make your own version even take try this game out if nothing else yeah um any other points you wanted to add or thoughts thoughts on skull no i have nothing else it's good game. <laughs> We've exhausted game. our. I've, I've our nothing for this game, but <laughs> but praise. Nothing for this game, but praise. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. You can get a hold of us and tell us your thoughts on Skull or any other game um, you'd like to talk about. Uh, a couple different ways: Twitter and Instagram at chits and chat. Uh, you can also go to our podcast hosting page eavesdrop.com and scroll down to the chits and chat page, and we have a comment form there you can fill out. We'd love to hear from you. I do not have a catchphrase or excuse today other than uh, I just I just didn't come up with one. So I will get back on the bandwagon soon, hopefully, which is my main excuse <laughs> or, I guess, uh, rationalization. But uh, anyway, bear with me, everybody. I'm, I'm working on it. Thank you all for listening, and we're going to catch you all on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>